Hello, welcome to Rachel Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast. This is incredible. My landlord has just now decided to quit mowing the lawn, so uh, I think you'll only get accompanying lawnmower when uh, when we are listening to the tune I recorded for this episode. Anyway, so this one's a little bit late. Um, been a lot going on. Grades were due. Got them in, which was great. Um, my mom got home from the hospital, which is awesome. Um, so anyway, I've had a lot of things kind of distracting me from getting this podcast out on time, but my grades are done and I'm very excited with a plan for, um, kind of next, the next couple of episodes. Um, for this episode, I'm going to feature mostly, um, Hamish Napier, uh, Hamish agreed to let me play some tracks off of a couple of his albums on the podcast, which uh, I needed desperately. Uh, I really wanted to play somebody else, and I've been listening to Hamish Napier play a lot lately. Uh, And my first exposure to him is very much tied to my grad school, kind of, sort of, autobiographically, anyway. Um, But we started off with uh, the albums that I'm going to be playing from for Hamish as part of uh, a couple albums rela- like that were sponsored by or released in tandem with or there's there's some association with the Cairngorms um, yeah Cairngorms Connect and um, yeah Cairngorms National Park here on the river um, so anyway so that's kind of the theme so that's why uh, we opened the track with a bit of me piping in the Cairngorms um, it's a tune that I wrote and just a part of it my wife shot the video and uh, was kind of more interested in filming the beautiful landscape there's something really awesome about the sound of bagpipes in like kind of against all that heather and moss like it just absorbs the sound but it's so humid that it makes bagpipes sound really good but the recording doesn't really do it justice but it felt like the coolest my bagpipes have ever sounded uh, when i was playing there um the other reason i'm doing that is we're on a year anniversary since the last time i was in scotland and i'm very uh missing it (laughs) um and so it was just, it just worked out really well that uh, I ordered Hamish's albums and because uh, the art is amazing and he reached out to make sure they had gotten here um, into the States and I said yes and can I play your stuff on my album or on my podcast and he said go for it and uh, yeah, it's the anniversary of when I was in the Cairngorms for the first like prolonged time anyway. When we uh, landed in Scotland we spent the first couple of days just driving around the snow roads Oh, there we go. Landlord decided to uh, blow some grass around. So we'll get some accompaniment anyway. Oh man, can't wait for a basement with some soundproofing. Um, anyway, uh, it's really fitting because I was fell in love with Cairngorms this last trip to Scotland. We spent a little bit of time there our first trip and hiked up Monroe. Um, but uh, this time we definitely drove every snow road in the Cairngorms and just had a lovely time. So um, that little tune was recorded on the side of a snow road in the Cairngorms National Park, is that what they call it? Yeah, Cairngorms National Park. Um, And that was uh, the Grand Portage Peabrook. I've played it on the podcast before, way back when. We'll certainly hear it again in its full form at at some point in time here. Um, Yeah, just a little section of it. So we're gonna mostly listen to I'm going to mostly listen to Hamish, uh, and I'm really thankful to like have some of their music, and it's just such such great tunes, but I wanted to keep with the history theme, 
And so I went looking for a tune about the Cairngorms and some of these various collections to kind of match the theme of his albums. And Holy Buckets, could I not find anything? Um, there's some, like, close things, maybe, like Kill Cranky, but uh, that was not... <laughs> I wanted to get this episode out, and it was going to take me too long to learn it. Um, and so what I what I landed on was the Braze of Angus, which is, I don't think, technically within Cairngorms National Park. I could be wrong, though. Um, but it's, it's right near there. Um... But uh, it's a cool tune. It's out of Aird's collection. It's a neat little march that I've been kind of playing around with on Ellen Pipes every time I've been practicing, which has been a while uh, with the grades being due and all that. Um, and so I just wound up doing it on whistle here. The A part is really easy, uh, kind of catchy, and then the B part kept on throwing me for a loop. So uh, it's not a, um, not a, a polished... Uh, it's not a very polished version of it, but it is, um, but yeah, it's an exposure to a tune about, um, you know, some other mountains in Scotland near the Cairngorms, certainly part of the Grampian Mountains anyway. Um, oh man, it's sitting so close. That'll be a good time to cut and just enjoy the whistle version of this tune. My God. We'll say that he has moved far enough away that that isn't too obnoxious of a sound anymore. Anyway, so there's the Braze of Angus. It's from James Aird's collection, uh, which means it was published around the 1780s, I think, is when the bulk of those volumes came out, maybe 1770s. I'm going to have to do some more research on James Aird and uh, talk about him a bit more. I think James Aird is less of an enigma than O'Farrell is, so it might be easier to come up with. But that's our historic tune uh, for the episode. I was really, I was really struck at, I mean, I spent all of 10 minutes looking, uh, so there probably, there's got to be tunes about this, but I wonder if they aren't in, maybe they're in Gaelic, maybe that's what's the problem, but when we were in the Cairngorms, we went hiking through some of the most, like, beautiful, beautiful vistas and, you know, glens and things that I've ever seen in my life. Um, went for a hike up Glendall into the Cory Fee, which was, it was just incredible, like, uh, 
the day, the first day that we were hiking in the Cairngorms and just kind of walking around um, by the snow roads is where we kind of realized how big the mountains and moors and stuff were. Like, saw a little white dot and assumed it was like a rock and realized that, no, that was just a sheep and it was miles, maybe a mile away or something. Um, but it was just, yeah, the, the sense of scale really through me and then um the next day yeah maybe the day after that uh we stayed at a we stayed in bottle we kind of stayed at a random bed and breakfast um our first night in the cairngorms and then visited a family friend elma up in uh, fraserboro and then kind of beat feet back to their gallery for the night and stayed at Rose Cottage, which was just an amazing uh, B&B. Uh, when this all opens up again, go stay at Rose Cottage. I talked to uh, one of the owners, uh, I mean, and ask, stay there, ask questions about the paintings and the town. Uh, it's kind of a, a really nice house that was built by a shoe guy, a guy that made shoes in uh, Blair Gallery, and uh, there's some, some cool local history about all this. But uh, for my benefit, like I was sick as a dog and feeling kind of miserable, uh, not enjoying my first couple of days in Scotland, uh, with my annual post semester cold. Um, well, I was enjoying them still, but kind of miserable to be around, I imagine. But the first like little spark of joy that I got, other than how good the breakfast was, was talking to one of the owners about how they make their yogurt, <laughs> big yogurt, make a lot of yogurt at home. And I had always not used the cold start method where you use ultra pasteurized milk because it seemed like cheating to me for some reason. And then at, at Rose Cottage, they had just really great yogurt. I'm like, man, what are you doing differently? Because I make my own yogurt and it's always real sharp and all this stuff. And he just gave me some, some good pointers of using the ultra pasteurized stuff so you can do your cold start and refreshing it every once in a while because yogurt is not like sourdough. It does not get better with age. Um, <laughs> refresh uh, often to keep it from being super bitter and sour. Anyway, stay at Rose Cottage and hike Cory Fee. Cory Fee is an amazing hike uh, in Glendall, and I don't, I, I just feel like there should be tons of tunes written about it, and I couldn't find any. So if anyone knows any songs or tunes about Cory Fee or Glendall, uh, if you could send them my way. It's also like right on the Jocks Road, so there's there's gotta be tunes about that too. Um, interested in, in learning some tunes from that location. So the Brace of Angus is a disappointing, uh, I guess this will have to do since I couldn't find a tune about Cory Fee. And if there really isn't a tune about Cory Fee, I mean, come on, let's all go to Cory Fee and write tunes. Um, anyway, um, from there, let's, uh, switch over to, to Hamish Napier. Oh man, uh, so I, I kind of, I didn't realize how much of Hamish I had been listening to uh, before I did my comprehensive exams in uh, kind of the, the winter of 2019. So December, I think he was, he was here in Iowa. And I was, you know, doing comprehensive exams can get kind of doldrumy. And uh, it was, I was pretty stressed out and anxious and went looking to kind of find some, some music to soothe me and saw that Jarla Henderson had put out an album which I'm hoping to play on here at some point, but uh, since Jarlath is a medical doctor, I think he's a bit busy and stressed right now to respond to a podcaster with uh, 40, 50, 70 listeners. Um, anyway, but Jarlath had put on an album. I bought it, was listening to it, made me really happy. 
and saw his like Facebook page that he was doing a show in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is like 15 miles from me, and that it was going to be happening like in a week. It was just, I, I find out about awesome shows I want to see after they've happened here, and generally they're happening in Fairfield, where Tim Britton lives, and he brings some amazing musicians down to Fairfield, which is just far enough away from Iowa City that I can't ever really make it to a show if I have school or any other work, but Cedar Rapids is right there. And uh, anyway, so I was very excited, went to see uh, Jarlath's concert, and with him was Hamish Napier and Pablo Fuentes, is that right? Pablo something, anyway. Um, and so Hamish was just playing keyboard, I mean not just, he was slaying keyboards, it was really good, it was an awesome show, and kind of after the fact I realized that, well not, not after the fact, recently then, so I listened to I continued listening to Jarlis album and listening to like the recordings I made of the concert and then he released Raw which was mostly what they were touring with like those were the sets they were touring with and was listening to Raw and his previous album uh and then Jarlis came out with another album with Ennis pretty recently and uh I'm just going to look up the name so I get it right. Jar and Innes, I think is what the album's called. It was just like kind of a, oh, we're just going to whip this out real quick. <laughs> I recorded it in one quick session. Innes Watson. And uh, and Hamish played on that too. And I, I kind of quickly realized all of a sudden that basically all of the music that I had been listening to for you know, the better part of a year, uh, like often I was listening to Hamish. Um, play play keyboards or, or flutes or whistles and just not realizing it. Um, and so when Hamish announced he had this this new album coming out the woods, and it you know his his release date coincided perfectly and terribly with uh, the coronavirus spread. So he went up doing a, a live stream of it where I kind of impulsively bought many <laughs> albums and uh, he shipped them here. Anyway, so that's. Uh, my exposure to Hamish Napier is, is realizing that I've been listening to him a lot and not actually owning any of his individual albums. And I was just shocked to discover that he wasn't just an amazing keyboardist, but um, a really accomplished whistler and flute player um, and composer. Um, I kind of feel bad uh, cherry-picking tunes out of these albums because uh, they work really well as like a holistic, like listening to it in its entirety. Um, but Hamish wrote all these things. Uh, if you buy the disc album, they come with these great little booklets to tell you, you know, kind of the local history and um, story of the creatures and trees and plants that the tunes are about. And so this first one I'm going to play is off of, I think, his first album called The River. Maybe not his first album, but definitely the, the first of this series. The tune's called The River, about Speyside, or the Spey River. And... Uh, I just feel like this is the best, like in terms of the title of a tune matching what the tune is. Um, so this is the first track off the album. When I first heard it, I was just blown away. It's called uh, Mayfly, and you know if you look in the booklet, it says you know the May. If you don't know this already, Mayfly lived for a year or so as nymphs forging on the riverbed. So yeah. Anyway, there's cool like little information you can take these booklets around with you when you're visiting the river or in the woods to like find this information out. But, you know, 
mayflies have this desperate day of life flying around uh and mating and dying and it is a mess to be around it it's like beautiful and terrifying and uh, i just remember hating hating it as a kid uh, when you happen to be at the lake or a river when this was happening um but this but hamish's tune here just so perfectly uh kind of captures the chaos of mayflies uh desperate day uh to breed and die anyway so here he is the mayfly off of hamish napier's album the river and we'll talk about the album the woods after that Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, just I really encourage you. I'll put a link to his Bandcamp page. I think you can listen to the albums there uh, in their entirety, I, I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. I own them, so I don't know if that means that that's why I can listen to them or if they're just available. But check them out. Buy his music. Um, check them out. It's good stuff. His, his live <laughs> kind of live viewing party on Facebook was who to watch as uh, he tried to uh, 
maintain social distancing uh, roles in his house with his uh, mom and dad, um, kind of doing a live listen to the album that he didn't get to do a concert for. Uh, that might still be on there too, which is just a really cool way to show the album off and have some drinks and have a good time. Um, but that wasn't for the river. He wound up, he, I think he had such a good time on the Friday that he released the woods that he went back and did a, another party the next week of the river and the train or the railroad, the rails. I'm not sure what the other album is called. Um, anyway, so let's go to the one that he did release just recently, the woods and the woods is again, like all of these are it, it, same same artist did the cover work and then has all of the, uh, the the same cool um trivia trivia information about the the various uh, various um like history of and uh, information about it so i'm gonna play two tracks off of this out of order uh, again this one just like the river is better listened to in its entirety straight through okay i think that is now my landlord in the basement uh, good accompanying sounds anyway so this uh, first one we're going to do is um tree of life tree of lightning it's the sixth track on the album um and it's about oak trees so um man and there's just some cool <laughs> cool information about oak trees in here so uh it talks about how the oldest uh, dugout canoe in Scotland is from a three it's a three thousand year old dugout canoe made from oak. Stirling Castle has two hundred oak trees for the roof. Um yeah, this is this is such a cool project. Um really impressed. So we've got uh, Hamish Napier playing on this one, uh, as well as Anna Watson, uh and a bunch of other people, <laughs> including Ross Ansley, uh on on Highland Pipes. So anyway, uh, here is the Tree of Life, the Tree of Lightning, and then we'll play the next one after that.
All right, that was great. Um, I I feel like listening to, I mean, it's been dawning on me lately several times, but listening to Hamish play on these two tracks, uh, on these two albums rather, has really made me. It's it's kind of <laughs> brought to my attention how much I view a uh, whistle as a Ellen Pie practice instrument, and don't give it its true, like just desserts and kind of pay attention to what it's capable of doing and do those things rather than just use it as a quieter way to learn an Ellen pipe tune. Um, so just really, it's such a good, such a good instrument can make such good sounds, um, such good music if you're treating it justly. And I've definitely noticed that like things like my phrasing suck because uh, I don't have to worry about breathing because I'm just using it as a practice Ellen pipe uh, and that kind of thing. So um I don't know. I know Hamish offers lessons too, so maybe I'll. <laughs> I need to start taking whistle lessons on top of learning everything else I'm supposed to be doing and not doing. Maybe I'll put that off till later. All right, this one I feel particularly guilty about sharing because it's. Uh, I feel like you shouldn't get to hear it unless you listen to the whole album. Uh, this is the the final track of the Woods. It's called the Highest Willows. It's a pibrac. Uh, Hamish wrote a pibrac and. I love this track, uh, and it you know it really is like the conclusion of the album. So everything comes into it towards the end. But uh, yeah, we've got Ilan pipes. We've got somebody singing Kansrach. We've got <laughs> cello, fiddle, viola. I just I'm really impressed by his like just these compositions. You know, these are incredible. Uh, just writing for all these like writing these tunes. It's a really good. It's a really good album. Um, highly encourage everyone to listen to them. Like I said, check out the link on Bandcamp. Uh, here is um, kind of the conclusion of the Woods album, including a P. Brock. So thanks again to Hamish for agreeing to let me play you on my podcasts while I am wildly behind on getting all my work done and publishing this episode. So kind of saved my bacon. So cheers. Here is the highest word. Yo 
to follow uh, but I did want to close with one more bit of me piping I don't have a good recording of me playing in the Cairngorms I didn't take you know my, my podcasts have been dead for many years when I went to Scotland and wasn't really I, mean, I, I did bring my zoom recorder but I didn't record my piping I just recorded my lecture and failed to record it actually so uh, so what I have is just a couple you know, film clips. Uh, so I'm just recording off of my iPhone, off of like recording using my sound cord off of a video I shot on my iPhone. Anyway, uh, this next clip I wouldn't include because it doesn't really match the theme, but I was desperate for a tune name and said it was going to be on this episode when I was pleading with folks on Instagram to give me the name of this tune. So this to go us out uh, or to end the episode is Michael McDonald's Jig, played by me in Carnossery Castle. I think I'm saying that right. 
Um, but Carnosserie Castle is a... It's not in the Cairngorms, but, like, my... I don't know. One of my favorite parts of Scotland is Kilmartin Glen. Um, certainly was the highlight of our, our first trip to Scotland. Orkney and the Cairngorms may have taken the, taken the show a little bit this last time we went last year. But uh, right on the kind of northern end of Kilmartin Glen is uh, Old Campbell Castle, where the... Uh, I think it's where the first Gaelic language Bible was written by some bishop... Um, Anyway, it's a awesome ruin, and I uh, went there and uh, recorded in the kind of ruins of the kitchen. You know, the ground floor is the kitchen, and so I was like, hey, I'm in a kitchen. I should do some kitchen piping, uh, and so I just played some fun tunes, and then I, I thought I butchered Clan Campbell's gathering, too, but I don't seem to have a video of it. Um, if I find it, maybe I'll play it, but it's, it's pretty bad. It's my take on Peabrook where I just like, oh yeah, I remember the themes are sort of this and I want to hear that music, so I'm just going to play what I want to that kind of follows that sound is my excuse for not memorizing things perfectly. Uh, yeah, anyway, here is uh, Michael McDonald's jig. Thanks a lot to the Instagram uh, follower, viewer, person that stumbled across my request and said, uh, this is the tune you're looking for, R. Ricard. It seems like a easy enough name not to be real or not to be like giving away information if he doesn't want to be. Um, anyway, so Ricard, thank you so much for coming with the name for the tune. It is indeed Michael McDonald's jig. I have no idea where I heard it off of. Uh, I don't think it's on the Porridgeman album, as was suggested by another um, Instagram helper, Mr. Wright, who I think. I am friends with because of the last time this podcast was around. Um, anyway, so here is Michael McDonald's jig and me realizing that for the first time in my life, I had been bitten by a midge. Um, thanks, everyone. Sorry for the delay in this episode. Now that I am in summer mode, hopefully they will continue to come out on uh, Sundays or Mondays. And not all the way in Tuesday, my goodness. All right, cheers. Thanks for listening, and uh, check out Hamish's uh, Bandcamp and album, support them, buy stuff. It's really good. Listen to the album all the way through. Uh, they are lovely. Uh, cheers. Uh-huh.